Now, tonight we're going to look, since we're in the uh, resurrection season, uh, uh, we're going to look tonight at the resurrection of Jesus Christ in Bible prophecy. This is a wonderful study. We're going to see tonight, uh, we're going to focus in on the resurrection. Uh, we're going to see the power of the resurrection, why the resurrection of Christ was so important. Uh, without it, we don't have life. And again, we're going to see some beautiful things. So let's bow our hearts tonight as we ask the Lord to bless his word. Father, we love you. And again, as always, it's first a privilege and honor to stand before a holy God as you. Lord, you made everything, the heavens and the earth, Lord. You made everything. And Lord, tonight, we honor you. Lord, it's a privilege to stand here before your people as well. Lord, I ask tonight that you bless them as we go into the word. And Lord, we ask by your Holy Spirit that you would again open the scriptures to our hearts. Let our hearts burn within us, O oh God, as you teach us your word. As you make plain the scriptures, dear God, excite our hearts regarding the word of truth. Lord, we come against every scheme, every strategy of the enemy that would try to hinder this word. And again, we ask for an open heaven, Lord. Just let it flow, dear God, and give us understanding. We thank you. We thank you uh, for the resurrection of Christ. We thank you, dear God, for the way you planned it. And Lord, we thank you for the power of it, O oh God. And we give you all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the resurrection of Christ. I love uh, this. This is a powerful study, and I love it so much. I want to start off with a verse here found in the book of Acts, chapter 4, verse 33. It says, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. The Bible says here, with great power gave the apostles witness. You know, the, the apostles, we're going to see as we go forward here, that, that the apostles, uh, they, they understood the power of the resurrection. Uh, the resurrection of Christ literally changed these men's lives. Uh, they believed in Christ so much that it was a belief unto death because his resurrection proved to, him, to them that he was who he said he was. You know, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, you know, we, it, it would have been very, very bad for us. And again, we're going to see that today. But his resurrection is so powerful. Now, I'm a topical teacher. We're going to give you a number of topics we're going to look at uh, this evening. We're going to see the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to talk about it. Just give the scripture, scripture basis for it. Then we're going to see prophecies that led Jesus to the cross because, you know, he had to die first in order to be resurrected. So we'll look at some prophecies. Many of them you probably know, but, again, just good to be uh, stirred up again regarding them. Then we're going to see the actual resurrection in prophecy, how the Bible talked about Jesus uh, he would be he would not uh, 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 stay dead. We're going to see that it, it was prophesied that he must rise from the dead. And we're going to see that. And then the power of the resurrection, uh, because of the resurrection, there, there, there has been such a, a blessing that has been given to us. We're going to see that there's power in the resurrection. And again, as believers, we need to understand that we need to believe in the resurrection. You know, the world is attacking the resurrection of Christ. The devil is doing everything he can in his power to try to disprove that Christ rose from the dead. You know why? Because Satan understands the power of this resurrection. And again, we're going to see that. And then last, as always, the benefits of his resurrection in our lives. Again, tonight, I'm so grateful for my Savior. So uh, we're looking at our prophecy chart here, and we're looking at this part of the chart here dealing with Christ. He, he died on the cross, but he rose from the dead. Uh, he was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, but he again rose from the dead and uh, his resurrection brought in such great power. 
So we're going to see the resurrection. Now, I want to quote here Dr. John, uh, John Walvert from his book, The Major uh, Bible Prophecy. Listen to what he says about the resurrection. He said, the death and resurrection of Christ are not only facts of history, but have their roots in prophecy in both the Old and New Testament and in the Gospels. As one grows in comprehension of the meaning of Christ's death and resurrection, the truth emerges that all of God's eternal purposes depend on Christ's death and resurrection. This line of truth is most important. This line of truth is the most important doctrine of Scripture and is at the heart of all of God's purposes in time and eternity. Because Jesus Christ is the central character of Scripture concerning whom both the Old and New Testaments reveal profound truths. The prophecies relating to his death and resurrection constitutes an important line of Old and New Testament prophecy. As such, they form a part of the revelation of God's grand program for the earth from eternity past to eternity future. We're going to see that this resurrection of Christ is so important. It's going to take us to eternity. Uh, without it, we, couldn't, we cannot go there. Uh, this resurrection is powerful. And again, we're going to see it throughout the scriptures. Now, I want to look at the resurrection. So uh, we're going to take you to the book of Matthew uh, chapter 28, and we're going to talk about it. Just going to read the verses here, give some, some understanding, a little commentary as we go forward here. Matthew chapter 28, I'm going to start here at verse number one. Uh, Matthew wrote, it says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone uh, from the door and sat upon it. Boy, that must have been a big angel, huh? This angel came and just rolled the stone back and sat on it, just, just sat on it. A, a great angel. God, God was, he was resurrecting his son. Uh, in verse uh, 3, he says, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake. I bet they were shaking too. And because as dead, uh, and became as dead men. And the angels answered and said unto the women, unto the women, fear not ye. For I know you seek Jesus, which I love this part, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord laid. And I love this so much. Uh, they said, these angels told him, don't, don't fear. Listen, I know you're looking for Jesus. He was dead, but he's no longer dead. He, he's, he's risen. Come, come see. Come see the place where he laid. Come see this place where Christ was risen from the dead. And I went to Israel, and I went to the traditional tomb where they, where they say he, he was laid. And uh, I went there, and I went inside the tomb. I went, I went I, I'm touching everything. I'm saying, Lord, you know, I, I was just so amazed. Now, you know, Buddha did not rise from the dead. Muhammad did not rise from the dead. Jesus is the only one who rose from the dead, and we know he, he rose because of the witness of the apostles. Listen, these men experienced the resurrection of Christ so much that they knew who he was, that, listen, he is risen as he said, and they believed it so much that they were willing to die for it. As a matter of fact, because of his resurrection, we have, we have the gospel. They believed, they saw the power of Christ risen from the dead, and therefore, 
it brought in Christianity. We're going to see that. Now, in verse, verse 7, it says, and the angel said, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he go, uh, and, uh, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall see him. Lo, I have told you. The angel said, listen, he's gone before you in Galilee. I've told you he's going to be there. You're going to see him. Let the disciples know that he is risen. And again, they did that. They, they went, I mean, they were so excited. And they went to tell uh, his disciples. Now, uh, Dr. Henry Morris, he, he, he's going to give a powerful statement here about the resurrection and about the importance of the resurrection in our lives uh, and the importance of us actually believing in this resurrection. Now, it's a little lengthy, but I, I got to give it to you because it's so good. Listen to what he says. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the crowning proof of Christianity. Everything else that was said and done by Christ and the apostles is secondary in importance to the resurrection. If the resurrection did not take place, then Christianity is a false religion. So this tells me also that every other religion is a false one. Because Buddha did not rise from the dead. Allah didn't rise from the dead. Uh, Christ, the only one who rose from the dead to enforce what he promised. And we're going to see as we go forward. If the resurrection did not take place, then Christianity is a false religion. If, if it did take place, then Christ uh, is God. Uh, then Christ is God. And the Christian faith is absolute truth. And I love that. We know he rose from the dead uh, because it is true. We know that. Death is our greatest enemy, and it has conquered all men but Christ. No man is wise enough to outwit death or wealthy enough to purchase freedom from death or strong enough to vanquish death. The grave always wins. Victory and every person sooner or later returns to the dust. But Jesus Christ is alive. It is true that he died and was buried in, uh, in common with all other men. But unlike uh, other men, he returned from Hades, resurrected his own dead body, made it henceforth immortal, and emerged from the, womb, from the tomb, alive forevermore. The Bible calls him the first begotten among the dead. He was the first to rise forever, never, ever to die in a glorified body. The Bible says he's the first begotten among the dead. He left us a powerful example of those that will be resurrected after him. This was the greatest of all miracles since the creation itself and could have been accomplished only if Jesus indeed is God, as he had claimed to be. This is so powerful, saints, because here uh, it's testifying that Jesus was God. This resurrection is powerful. Jesus told, he told Pilate, you can't take my life. I lay my life down. Jesus told him that I'm going to pick my life up again. That's odd. This, this resurrection is so powerful. Without the resurrection, it is quite certain there would have been no Christian church. With the death of their master, his disciples were utterly confused and afraid for their own lives. There is no possibility that they could have continued as teachers of the Nazarene doctrine. And even less than others could have been persuaded to follow them in those circumstances. You know, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, they had no more ministry to talk about. Since Christ rose from the dead, it enforced everything he said he's going to do. It empowered them. And these men went on to change a world. 
they went on, the Bible said, they turned their world upside down because they experienced the resurrection of Christ. He rose from the dead. And again, as I shared earlier, I mean, it is no wonder that the devil is doing everything in his power to attack the resurrection of Christ. I mean, there's some crazy articles, you know, around Christmas and Easter, and I shared before, I'm going to read one of of the articles here tonight, but around Christmas and Easter, there's always some periodical, Time Magazine, Newsweek, uh, some periodical on Christ, and every time uh, those holidays come around, these periodicals come out, but they always attack the truth of who Christ is. They attack the resurrection. They attack the virgin birth. I mean, it's amazing to me how the devil is working overtime to try to get people to disbelieve this. Dr. Morris goes on to say, say this. He says, with their assurance that Christ was alive, they went forth everywhere proclaiming the resurrection. And multitudes became believers in their living Lord. The importance of the resurrection in preaching of the early church is quickly seen uh, by scanning the book of Acts. So in other words, in the book of Acts, which was the beginning of the church, they talked about the resurrected Christ. And I'm going to give you just a few examples of that in the book of Acts. They, they talked about his resurrection. Uh, they talked about things that he did. So in looking at that, let me give you just a few here. This first one here is in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse number 29. It said, men and brethren, let us, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. If you go to Israel, you can actually go to the sepulcher of King David. I went there. It's amazing. I think they said he's buried 25 feet below that, uh, that sepulcher. And uh, it was just amazing to be at a place where King David was. But he's still there. He's still there. They go on to say in verse uh, 31 and 32, he's seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ. Listen to this, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus have God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. See, David, he's still dead. He's still in the tomb. He said, we have King David's tomb with us here. He said, but Jesus, on the other hand, he's risen from the dead. He's no longer here. You, you, you find an empty tomb in Jerusalem. You won't find Jesus' bones in no tombs. And, you know, again, there's these crazy, uh, these so-called new, new findings of, of, of Jesus' bones and all this stuff. Crazy stuff. Don't believe the lie. Uh, they want to attack the power of the resurrected Christ. So as we go forward in this study, let's look now at prophecies that led him to the cross. Now, what we're going to do, we're going to see prophecies leading him to the cross to die. Then we're going to see prophecies of his actual resurrection. Uh, uh, he couldn't stay in the earth. So to look at this, we're going to start here in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verses 20 and 21. Jesus talking here says, Then charged he his disciples, uh, charged he his disciples that they should, should tell no, uh, no man that he was, he was Jesus the Christ. And from uh, that time forth began Jesus to show his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and suffer uh, uh, chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, Jesus is spending time with his disciples and he's showing them events that must happen. 
You know, he had to show them Old Testament scriptures. He's showing them scriptures about him dying, about him going to the cross. He's telling his disciples, you know, don't tell anybody that I'm the Christ, but let me explain to you what's about to happen, fellas. I'm going to go into Jerusalem, uh, like the scriptures have said. I'm going uh, uh, I'm, I'm to suffer things by the elders. Uh, and Jesus taking these men through scripture and showing them what's going to happen to his life. So one of the prophecies I imagine he showed them was the prophecy in Zechariah 9.9. We know this very familiar passage here. It says, Jerusalem, uh, 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 says Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is, he is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey, upon the coat, the foal of a donkey. Zechariah prophesied that Israel's king would come to them as a lowly king, a just king, but a king having salvation. But he would come to them riding upon a donkey. This was a lowly king coming to save a world. You know, Jesus could have rode in triumphant on a, on a big white charger, a big, you know, stallion or something. But he knew, based on prophecy, he was coming as a humble king to die for humanity. And he knew that he was going to rise from the dead. Now, we see the fulfillment. We know this in Matthew chapter 21, verse 11, verses 1 through 11. But I'm going to read here verse number 5 in, in the fulfillment. He said, Tell ye the daughters of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek. And sitting upon an ass, the coat, the foal of an ass. Here, Jesus fulfilled prophecy. Remember when Jesus told his disciples, go get the donkey for me? And they said, what, Lord? And he said, go get him. And if the, if the guy asks you, just tell him the Lord have need of him. You know, this man was fulfilling prophecy by, by releasing the donkey that Jesus was going to come into Jerusalem riding upon. But again, this was preparation that was going to cause him to go to the cross to die for humanity. He knew he came to die. Now, we know Jesus did a lot of miracles. He raised a, he raised a lot of dead people. But you know something? Those were secondary compared to his main, his main assignment. His main purpose was to come and die and then to rise from the dead. And I'm so grateful he did. Another prophecy we all know about the uh, 30 pieces of silver. And I, I love this prophecy so much because uh, this prophecy was so uh, specific uh, about the price that would be the price for Christ. It couldn't have been 31 pieces, couldn't have been 35, 36. It had to be 30 pieces of silver. Silver was always tied in the Old Testament tabernacle to redemption, and it would be 30 pieces of silver that would be the price that Jesus would be prized at. Uh, look at this, Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 and 13. He says, and I said unto them, if you think good, give me my price, and if not, forbear, so they weighed for my price 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it, the 30 pieces of silver, cast it unto the potter a goodly price that I was prized at of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the Lord's house. Now, I love this prophecy. This is an amazing prophecy because this one was fulfilled, believe it or not, with Judas. Judas portrayed Christ. The Bible said that he... He, uh, uh, he covenanted with, with the Pharisees. Um, we, we look here. Look at this. Matthew chapter 26, verse 14 and 15. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. It's so amazing. It wasn't 35. Now, these guys didn't know what they were doing. They were fulfilling prophecy. This was the price this was the redemptive price that Christ would be prized at to redeem us. 
And I loved it so much. He redeemed us, but Judas betrayed him with 30 pieces of silver. Chapter 27, verses 5 through 8, is actually the fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy, and I'm going to explain it to you here. Here in Matthew 27, verses 5 and 8, talking about Judas, says it says, and he cast down the, uh, the pieces of silver. What happened? I really believe this. I believe Judas betrayed Christ thinking that Jesus was going to deliver himself. J Judas saw the power of Christ raising the dead. He knew that Jesus was all-powerful. Judas probably saw... But he, he, he saw all kind of miracles that Christ did. He literally probably thought Jesus was going to deliver himself, but he didn't. Jesus went to the cross and died. Judas was so condemned and felt so bad that he betrayed Christ. The Bible tells us that he took the 30 pieces of silver that he had bargained, I mean, that he had uh, coveted with the priest. And the Bible says he came back and he threw the, the 30 pieces of silver back into the temple. He's given the money back to the priest. So look at, look, look, look at verse number five. It says, and he, Judas, cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went out and hung himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for to put it into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in it. Wherefore, uh, wherefore, that field was called the field of blood unto this day. Now, what happened here, Judas and, and the events that transpired literally fulfilled Zechariah's prophecy. Now, Zechariah's prophecy, again, Zechariah chapter 11, verses 13 says, And the Lord said unto me, Cast it, the 30 pieces of silver. He said, Cast the 30 pieces of silver to the potter, to the potter, a greatly price that I was prized of them, and I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the Lord's house. Now, what happened in, in Matthew 27 was the actual fulfillment. Judas took the 30 pieces of silver. He cast the 30 pieces of silver back into the Lord's house. The priest could not use the money because it was blood money. And they took that money and they bought the potter's field. In other words, from Judas' hand back into the temple to the potter's field, in fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy. But all these things had to happen to lead Christ to the cross. All this stuff happened. It was no, it was no haphazard things. Uh, you know, Palm Sunday, this is Palm Sunday. You know, they, they, they threw palm branches in front of him and they hailed him as king of the Jews. And then a few days later, they said, crucify him. We look here at John chapter uh, 19, verse 16. It says, when the chief priests thereof and the officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. But see, by this time, you know, uh, the Jews had already turned against him, and they said, Crucify him. He was on a track to go to Calvary. Uh, the, the, the wheels had already, had already started, and Jesus was going to the cross to die because the prophecy said. Now, he went to Calvary's cross, and he died. They, they crucified him. But the Bible also says about, about, this, about, this, about this lamb that none of his bones could be broken. Uh, as, as Christ was going to Calvary's cross, they broke none of his bones because he was truly the lamb of God. Uh, I'm reminded of this Old Testament prophecy here found in Exodus chapter 12, verse 46. And uh, this, is, this is Moses with the lamb. And it says here, in one house shall it be eaten. 
Thou shalt not carry forth aught of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. Moses, during the time of the Passover, could not break the bones of the lamb. The lamb had to be a perfect sacrifice. Well, truly, as the Old Testament lamb was a perfect sacrifice, truly Jesus Christ going to Calvary's cross was a perfect sacrifice because when they went to break his bones, they couldn't break it. The psalmist wrote a prophecy in Psalm 34, verse 20, says, He keepeth all his bones, bones, and not one of them is broken. Again, these were prophecies that led him to Calvary, led him to the cross. None of his bones were broken. We see fulfillment of this in John 19, verses 32 and 33. It says, Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first. These are the, these are the men, men on the cross, uh, at the cross with Jesus. Break the legs of the first. And of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his bone. Listen, everything that happened, God had already pre-written. It was scriptures written in advance. The life of Christ, it was written in advance. Nothing caught him off guard. Everything was leading him to the, to the cross. But guess what, saints? Jesus knew that he was going to be risen from the dead. He knew that he would rise from the dead. Look at this. Isaiah said this. Isaiah 53, 8 says, it said, He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was, he was stricken. You know, um, these type of messages for me has really caused me to fall deeper and deeper in love with my Savior. Because I realized what Christ has done to give me life. And I'm so happy, you know, that he rose from the dead to empower what he promised us. Uh, this resurrection of Christ has enforced everything that Christ said he was going to do. I love this. John 9, 15, uh, 19, 15 says, but they cried out away with him, away with him, and they crucified him. Matthew 27, 35 says, and they crucified him. So they put him to death. They killed the Savior. They killed him. And the Bible said that the princes of this world, had they known what God was doing, they would have never crucified Christ. They would have never put him to death. But all this led up to him going to the cross, and it led up to his resurrection. So we're going to see the prophecy of his resurrection. And I love this because Christ was no longer to stay in the grave. Look at this, this, this wonderful uh, prophecy in Psalm 16, verses 8 through 10. I'm going to read here verse number 8. It says this, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. This is a powerful prophecy because it's letting us know that even though Jesus was going to die, he wasn't going to stay in the grave. You know, there's a lot of debate today where people wondering, well, did Christ really go to hell? The scripture says he went to hell. He died. He went down. He went into the heart of the earth, the Bible says. He had to go down in order to redeem us. The Bible said he first descended before he ascended. He took our penalty. He went down, but God was not going to leave him there. I'm reminded again in the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 25 through 27. Listen to what it says. It's actually quoting the passage I just read in Psalms. It says, for David... Speaking concerning him, he said, I foresaw, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, and that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh, listen to this, my flesh 
shall rest in hope because thou would not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thy suffer thy holy one to see corruption. You know, Jesus, he died on the cross in rest. The Bible says here, it says he, his flesh rested in hope. He knew that God was going to raise him from the dead. You know, Jesus saw every one of us. That's why he went to the Calvary. He went to the cross for us. But he knew that he would rise from the dead and he would see us. This resurrection is so powerful. And again, we're going to see that as we go forward. Now, I love this one here. This is uh, Matthew here, chapter 12, uh, verse number 40 here. But it's, it's letting us know that Jesus, he would go down into the heart of the earth, but he would rise from the dead. Look what it says here. This is Matthew 12, 40. Jesus said, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights where? In the heart of the earth. Jesus died. He went down. He ascended. He went down before he ascended. But the prophecy said that he would not stay in the heart of the earth. Now, what's amazing, too, and I just got to give it, I'm going to throw this out to you. Um, there's some debate about whether Jesus, you know, died on Friday. And I believe that it is really true because based on the prophecy, he had to be in the heart of the earth three complete days and three complete nights. You do the math, it's more around Wednesday. Uh, but here the prophecy said the Son of Man would be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. But God was going to resurrect him. Look at this. I love this passage. This is amazing prophecy here. Uh, how many remember Job? Remember Job? Job went through his season, but Job prophesied of Christ's resurrection. This is an amazing passage. Look at this. This is Job chapter 19, verses 25 and 26. Job said this. He says, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he, Jesus, shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Job said, and though after my skin worms uh, destroy this body, Job says, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Job understood the resurrection, but he also understood the resurrection of Christ. He said, my Redeemer liveth, and in the last day he's going to stand upon the earth. Job prophesied the resurrection of Christ. Not only the resurrection of Christ, but he also prophesied his own resurrection. He says, yet in my flesh, in this flesh, even though the worms destroy this body, yet in this flesh, I'm going to see God. This is one reason why the resurrection is so, is so powerful. As Christ was risen from the dead, so will we be raised up. We will rise from the dead. Our loved ones who have died, who have died in Christ, they will be resurrected. And this is our hope. And again, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I love this here. Matthew here, chapter 20, verses 17 through 19. Jesus, again, was describing to his disciples about what's going to happen to him. But the latter part, he says, he was talking about them. He said the Gentiles were going to mock him. And they're going to scourge him and they would crucify him. And then Jesus said, and the third day he shall rise again. Jesus said, I'm going to rise again. This is a prophecy. He said, I'm telling you right now, uh, disciples, I'm not going to stay in the heart of the earth. Now, these disciples, we do know that they were in much despair at the death of Christ. These men, these men were in much despair. But Jesus talked about the resurrection. Look at this. This is Mark chapter 16, verse 6. And he said unto them, be not affrightened, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. 
Again, the angel talking, talking to those there at the tomb. He is risen. He is risen. He is no longer here. Now, the power of this resurrection, the power of this resurrection, the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ marked the beginning of Christianity. If he didn't rise from the dead, we wouldn't have our Christian faith today. This is one of the reasons why there, is, there are many today who are trying to disprove his resurrection. We have many witnesses in Scripture that testify of the risen Lord. Jesus appeared 12 times after his resurrection. On one occasion, he appeared to 500 people at one time. See, this is, this is, this is the power of the gospel that we have, that Jesus rose from the dead and others saw him and they testified and they gave witness to his resurrection. So let's look at some of this, some of the witnesses here. We find here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4, Paul wrote this. He says, for I deliver unto you first of all, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Here Paul is testifying that Jesus was seen of other disciples. Other disciples saw him after he was resurrected. This was, this was impacting the church. This was, this was giving proof text that Jesus was who he said he was. This was the power of the gospel that charged the disciples to change their world. Look at this, verse 5 and 6. It says, after that, he was seen, talking about Jesus, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain until the present, but some are fallen asleep. He's given testimony that 500 other brothers saw the resurrected Christ, and therefore they believed. Therefore, the ministry, uh, the Christ Christian faith was able to, to spread all over the world because Christ was risen from the dead. Look at this. Remember this, Thomas? We, we know Doubting Thomas. In, in, in the Gospel of John chapter 20, you know, Thomas made the statement, you know, I'm not going to believe unless, unless I can put my finger into his side. Here, chapter 20, verses 24 and 25, it says, But Thomas, the other disciple, therefore said unto him, we have, uh, uh, the other said, We have seen the Lord. But he said, O Doubting Thomas, but he said unto them, Except I see his hands, uh, hands and the print of the nails, and put my finger into, into the print of the nails and thrust my hand, hand into his side, I would not believe. Well, Jesus, the Bible said Jesus appeared. He, he walked in on him. Chapter 20 here, verse 27. Then said he, Jesus, to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold thy, my hands and reach hither thy hands and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. You know, Thomas on that day became a, a believer of the resurrected Christ. Let me tell you something. From that point on, you could not turn Thomas's uh, 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 heart against Christ. Thomas was a believer in the resurrected Christ. And you know, all the disciples, I think all but one, died horrible deaths. These men believed Christ unto death because they experienced a resurrection. Again, saints, it's no wonder the devil is trying to attack the belief of the resurrection. 
People are spending multi-millions of dollars trying to convince you to believe that Christ, Christ did not rise from the dead. But see, the scripture gives us, gives, us, gives us word on this. It tells us. Look at this, Mark 16, 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they uh, sat at meat and, abri uh, and abrided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen, seen him after he was risen. They got rebuked because they didn't believe in him after they told them that he was risen from the dead. These are witnesses talking about the resurrected Christ. Look at this one. Luke chapter 21, 24, verse 25. Jesus here, uh, meet, he, he's talking here. He says, then said he unto, unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 34, say, uh, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and have appeared to Simon. Here, this is testimony of the risen Christ. Jesus rebuked two men on the road to Emmaus because they didn't believe that Christ was risen from the dead. The Bible said that he, he, he joined himself to these two men on the road to Emmaus because they looked really sad. And Jesus was questioning, why are you guys so sad? They said, well, have not you heard? This Christ who we thought was our deliverer, he is dead. And the Bible said Jesus rebuked them. He said, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe. Don't, don't you know Christ was supposed to die, but he was going to rise from the dead? And the Bible goes on to show how Christ proved to them who he was. He was the risen Christ. Look at verse 34 and 38 of, uh, of chapter uh, 24, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and have appeared to Simon. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that it had been a spirit. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why, uh, why do uh, your thoughts rise in your hearts? He said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Jesus said, Come handle me, fellas. I'm, I'm risen from the dead. Come over here and touch me, fellas. And see, for a spirit have not flesh and bones, as ye see me have. And when they had thus spoken, he showed them his, hand and his, his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed, uh, believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye any meat? And this is amazing. After Jesus was resurrected, Jesus asked for food. He said, Hey, fellas, you got any meat? And they, and they gave him a piece of bar, a broiled fish and of a, of a honeycomb, and he took it and did eat before them. Listen, they're looking at Jesus. Jesus said, handle me. Look at the, look, look at the pierced hand. Look at my pierced side. Hey, you got, you got any meat, fellas? They're looking at the resurrected Christ. You know, I really believe Jesus did that to show them I'm the same Jesus. I'm risen from the dead. I'm the same one that told you I was going to go to the cross. I was going to die for you. And I told you three days later I was going to rise. Uh, got in the meat, fellas? He's risen. Now, as I shared earlier, in light of this, I mean, there's so much falsehood out there. Uh, I just want to show you, show you one here. This, this, this magazine, this is a Newsweek magazine. They, 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 they produced a magazine talking about the resurrection. They said, Rethinking the Resurrection, New Debate About the Risen Christ. See, they're trying to cast doubt on the resurrection. Listen to what they said. It's on page 63 of this, of this magazine. Some scholars who do not believe in the resurrection do not accept the burial story either. Some say his body 
rotted away in an unmarked grave. Others, that it was thrown to wild dogs. The only crucified body ever found in Israel was laid in a family tomb. See, now this is, these are the after, you know, scholars. I mean, uh, a lot lot of these guys here, third, fourth century uh, writers after the fact. And then uh, these these particular articles, they want to cast doubt on the resurrection. They don't want you to believe in the resurrection. They want you to rethink the resurrection. No, don't rethink it. Just believe it. Yeah, believe it. You know, there's so much proof that Christ was risen from the dead. His resurrection brought in life. You know something? You that are saved tonight, you are saved because of the resurrection. You know, I mentioned before, uh, I know Christ is risen because, I am, because I'm born again. When I received Christ, my life changed from inside out. When I received Christ, when I received the risen Christ as my Lord and Savior, my life, my life changed. I was a different person. And it wasn't that I was trying to be a good person. My life changed because of the resurrection of Christ. You know, I think I mentioned before, I used to be, I, I, I used to curse like a sailor. Now, no offense to sailors, <laughs> but I used to curse like a sailor. Every other word was a, was a, I mean, you could not believe Brother Perkins had a potty mouth. When I received Christ, Jesus changed my life. When I received him, because of his resurrection, my life changed. I became a new person, and it wasn't hard to be a Christian then because Christ, the resurrected Christ, was living in me. They want you to believe that Christ was still in the grave. They want you to believe that Christ's bones were eaten by dogs. They want you to believe that his body, his body rotted away in an unmarked grave. That's a lie of the devil. The power is in his resurrection. It was prophesied that he would rise from the dead. Look at this. Paul gave this warning here. First Corinthians chapter 15 verses uh, uh, 12 and through 14, he says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose not from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? That's the author just read. He, they said he didn't rise from the dead. Paul said, But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and, our, and your faith is vain also. Listen, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, we might as well just close shop up. Oh, no, he rose, though. He said in verse 15, yea, and we are found false witnesses of God. Paul said, if Christ is not risen, I'm a false witness of God. Paul knew of the resurrection of Christ. He goes on to say, because we have, test, we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, who he raised uh, who he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain and you are yet in your sins. You know, saints, I know Christ is risen. You know why? Because a lot of things that I had in my life, habits and hangups, they left me when I received the risen Christ. You're talking about testimonial resurrection? Listen, I couldn't stop cursing. I couldn't. When I got saved... It left me because the risen Christ entered me. You got to hear me, saints. I know of people that were drug addicts, 100% drug addicts. They got saved and lost the addiction right then. Now, it doesn't happen all, all the time with everybody the same way, but I know of many people, countless testimonies of people who, who, who were addicts. They were, they were all different types. They were hooked to different things. Or they were alcoholic, and they lost the taste instantaneously when they received Christ. 
Let me tell you something. The risen Christ is alive. The power that he purchased to redeem us is alive and well in every one of us. This is why we must believe and understand the resurrection. Look at the last part of verse, eight, uh, verse 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 18. Paul said, then they also which are, fall, which are fallen asleep are, are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. See, Paul was telling people that if Christ is not risen, you're still in your sins. And see, these people knew the change that had happened in their lives. How many can testify that there's a change in your life when you receive Christ? I can tell you one, I'll give you another easy example for you to know it tonight. You're here tonight at church. Remember the day, man? Man, man, you wouldn't catch me on no Sunday night in church. Man, I'd be in the skating ring going round and round and round. I used to skate seven days a week, man, and Sunday night was the biggest night of the week. We called it Sunday night disco. I kid you not. I got saved, man. Jesus saved me from going around and around and around. Now, nothing wrong with skating, but I was addicted to it. And Sunday night was the big night. I got saved. Jesus delivered this little preacher. Now, we're going to close with the last part of this, benefits of his resurrection. This resurrection is so powerful, saints. His resurrection brought life. In the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 4, Paul said, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also uh, should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. See, this is what we experience right now. When you accept Christ, you experience the, the newness of life. You experience the regeneration in your life. You experience the born again experience because of his resurrection. See, if Christ is not risen, listen, you will not experience this born again experience that you feel. You will not feel, uh, you know, uh, I had this void. Every one of us had this void in our lives, and this void can only be filled by God. And when I received Christ, the resurrected Christ, that void was completely filled, satis satisfied. You follow me? This risen Christ, the power of the risen Christ was now in me. Look at this, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. Paul said, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and have raised us up together, and have made us to sit together in heavenly places uh, uh, in Christ Jesus. Because what Christ has done, we are experiencing such victory in our lives. He's risen. See, we know he's risen because we have victory in our lives. He's quickened us. Look at this next one. I love this one. Ephesians 1, verses 19 and 20. He said, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? God said, Paul said, what is the power? What is this exceeding power that is coming toward us, to usward, who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at the right hand uh, in, in heavenly places. He said the same power that raised up Christ is that same power that is coming to usward. This is the life of God. God raised him from the dead. We have life and we can experience this resurrecting power in our lives. Even now, we've been changed 
We've been made alive. We were all dead in sin. We were all stinky sinners, smelly, stinky sinners. But Jesus saved us. Yeah. If we could look in the spirit at how we looked before we got saved, it would be a different person. If you can literally see how you looked in the spirit before, I'm talking about as a, as a sinner compared to how we are today. This resurrection is so powerful. And then here in Romans, I love this. You know, the resurrection brings the power of salvation. Look at this. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Paul wrote, that if, you sh- that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God have raised him from the dead, Paul said, thou shall be saved. See, the devil don't want you to believe in the resurrection because the resurrection is what's going to give you salvation. See, we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord. That brings salvation. The Bible says it's a belief unto. It's a belief that's going to deliver you into salvation. This is why the resurrection is so important. We believe in the resurrected Christ. How many believe that Christ is risen? How many have experienced the resurrected Christ? Every one of us. If you're born again, you have experienced the resurrected Christ. And not only that, but we're going to experience it even in our bodies, the physical resurrection. If you die before the time, if you die before the rapture, you're going to experience the resurrection of Christ. Christ rose from the dead to never, ever die again. The Bible said he was the first begotten among many brother and every man after him in his order. Christ was an example of how a born-again believer would rise from the dead forever in a glorified body, never ever to die again. Man, it's going to be awesome. See, he takes away the sting of death. Christ did. This is the power of the resurrection. Uh, This is why I I love this season. I love this season of the year because it, it testifies of the power of God resurrecting Christ. Because of his resurrection, we have such victory today in our lives. 